This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I got indicted. I got indicted more than Alphonse Capone. Did anyone ever hear of Al? <laughs> Al Capone, if you looked him, if you looked at him the wrong way, he was seriously tough, right? Scarface. You know, they call him Scarface. Had a little scar in there. I'm sure it was a minor accident. But <laughs> But Al Capone, if you looked at him in the wrong way, if he didn't like you, you looked at him a little bit askance, he blew your brains out. He was only indicted one time. I w- I've been invited, I've been indicted four times. And in addition, I have these civil trials that are all coming out of the Justice Department. They've weaponized the Justice Department and the FBI. They've weaponized, think of it, the Justice Department. This is like a banana republic, but we're gonna be okay. The good news is I'm the only one that's ever been indicted where the numbers went through the roof because the people understand it. No, it's true. You know, uh, John? He's right. He's he's not lying. We can fact check that all day. We can run that through our Ministry of Truth, and he's accurate. I'm surprised nobody. That guy, guy's name got floated for Speaker of the U.S. House too, didn't it? And he might be seriously with where things are right now. Congressman Alford on the show earlier this morning, um, and I don't know how to I don't know how to characterize the interview. You can if you want. Uh, it should be posted on the Wake Up Mid-Missouri podcast at kwos.com and 939theeagle.com. And typically podcast up by like uh, 10 uh, in, the, uh, in the morning. Um, I don't know how to characterize frustration. I don't know if you offered yes. any different insight. I know Trey Gowdy on Fox yesterday. He was on fire about this. I, I thought it was a fascinating interview. And I thought he expressed frustration. I thought he... Uh, clearly, I mean, he said they've, I believe his comment was they look like idiots. I mean, I believe that's what he said. Um, and he was referring to, obviously, the Republicans in his own caucus. He he was more measured. He took a pause when I asked him about Cori Bush's comments. You have to ask about Cori Bush's comments. She is a St. Louis Democrat, and she's saying that this is the party of insurrection. I mean, those comments about Jim Jordan, I, I, they were very, very powerful. And he said... He, what were the comments? Set it up uh, for us a little bit. I, 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 Roughly. Well, basically saying that... Um, I, I don't want to put it out of, out of context, so I'll pull it up. But basically, uh, here, here's what it is. And I read it in its entirety because I, I don't want to misquote what she said. This is what Cori Bush said on Twitter two days ago. Quote, Jim Jordan, the Republicans, the Republicans' latest speaker nominee. She's got three bullet points here. Quote, help spread the poisonous lies that led to January 6th. Voted to overturn the election results. Defied a subpoena related to his involvement in the insurrection. Make no mistake, the GOP is the party of insurrection. End of quote. And, and people can go back to the podcast you posted. And I did ask her about, I asked Alford about that. And he said, he t- took a deep pause and he said that he, he basically said he disagrees with her strongly made that very clear but also indicated she's just had surgery and went across the line or went across the party line over there to to talk to her but Mm -hmm. he he vehemently disagreed with what she's saying about jim jordan so maybe another vote today maybe not by the way the two besides uh the second uh person who got the second most votes yesterday for speaker of the house hakeem jeffries uh-huh uh, and then Republicans. He's a possibility. I mean, he's got, he's got a chance. Name. Yeah, Steve Scalise got seven votes. Kevin McCarthy got six votes yesterday. And it was interesting, the gist of what Trey Gowdy said on Fox yesterday. He's like, um, people aren't mad at, uh, not mad at Jim Jordan. They're 
mad at really the whole process, and it's crazy. So think about this. As Stephanie and I, we've been monitoring all morning. President Biden is in um, Israel right now. Uh, and I don't know that people in his own party think that's a good idea. Obviously, uh, I'm a conservative, not a supporter of Biden or anything that he has done for the most part. But I think he's over there because even though it's not our war, it's war. America is, for the most part, with the exception of people like Cory Bush, Rashida Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar, most of Americans, most intelligent Americans, are united on this conflict, whatever you want to call it, in Israel. And people love a wartime president. And I know it's not wartime, but they do. And I think so. He's trying to capitalize on that amid falling poll numbers among people in his own party saying, come on, man, we got to do something different. But the other thing I'm wondering, so let's say something happens to the president over there. Hmm. Uh, and then let's say, and again, you, you think we might be stretching, but um, it's a dangerous place right it's, now. It's, it's a dangerous place. And there are things in the Constitution that cover this very thing because it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. Let's say the president dies. Then who becomes president? Be the vice president. Kamala Harris. What happens if she dies? Then who becomes president? Speaker of the House? I believe it's the president pro tem. I mean, I, I'm not a, a lawyer. Am I correct on that, Stephanie? I think it's the speaker. <laughs> is it? No, it's the speaker. Yeah. Is it speaker? the speaker? Yeah. Okay. So would I, it I be thought it was then president pro tem? Yeah. Yeah. So would, could the president be McHenry, the dude with the bow tie from South Carolina? How does that work without I, a speaker of the house? You know, I don't. Uh, well, again, we'd be talking about it. Probably that would probably end up in the courts. Um, I think your um, the point you're raising is is the security level there, I can only imagine yeah. the Secret Service, um, the number of Secret oh, Service man. agents on the ground. We, John, we've seen the Secret Service when they've covered presidents in Jefferson City, Columbia. They're off the charts. I can only imagine over there. Uh, they probably pulled people out of Miami. I'm guessing they pulled them out of the East yeah. Coast. They're pro I mean, yeah. you'd have to take a lot of Secret Service for, especially right now. Yeah, intense. So, and we're going to look at some changes in leadership when it comes to education closer to home. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Something happening today that's uh, been a while. Everybody's here. Brian's here. John is here. Uh, Steph's here. I'm here. Uh, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Producer is here. Mrs. Producer is here. Present. Hannah get married over the weekend. And we are tickled to death about <laughs> About uh, Hannah's wedding. Uh, <laughs> so much so Stephanie's seizing. <laughs> That's what she does when she gets excited and emotional. Mm -hmm. She has a tendency to uh, sneeze. Big, and this, uh, um, um, this individual has had some, and, and not through any fault of her own, by the way, but she's got some history and name recognition in the state of uh, uh, Missouri because what a former governor, Eric Greitens, in effect, did. Uh, Margie Van Dieven, head of sec uh, uh, of education, mm -hmm. leaving her post. She is. That's a huge role. And um, John, I, I mean, it's hard for me. There was so much controversy back then. I'm trying to remember exactly the history. Oh, the, the whole Eric Greitens angle where he was accused of stacking the uh, State Board of Education so they could vote to ouster. And I think it was a, the second vote he was able to ouster. And then when he was ousted, the board got back together and put her back in and ended up in John Beatum's courtroom the whole deal. It was it was a big mess. It was a big mess. And then, you know, since then, it's been, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of controversy, but obviously schools and, and school choice and all of these things have been, you know, hot topics, certainly. Um, and so she announced her resignation. Nation. I think she's resigning, I think, sometime next year. Um, so they're going to have to find a replacement for her. And I think, you know, I, I, I can see a lot of discussion around uh, this post. 
um, because it just is so important and schools have been such a hot topic and nothing's really getting done in the legislature. And you think about schools and there's so much bureaucracy yeah. and everything with the, you know, standards. And she's she's caught a lot of heat. I mean, the, the test scores aren't great, yeah. right? Um, and so you just kind of wonder how is that going to be um, played, especially by, you know, you think um, all of these uh, statewide elected races that we've got. Um, Took and- a lot of flack during the pandemic. Really, role in the schools and all of that really did, and it, it's hard because a lot of time, you know, I, I tend to think that a lot of this school stuff is tied up with like, yeah, school bureaucracy, the teachers' yeah. unions. They control a lot of it, and, and an interesting concept came up. And when I heard this yesterday, I hadn't thought about it, but when I um, I was recently out in Arizona, and I learned they have an elected position, the superintendent of schools, and so just like the rest of your statewide electeds, they're basically their desi head. Um, their head of their schools is declares a partisanship and and runs on the ballot. And I thought, I don't think that's necessarily a half bad idea. Mm-mm. And my first question was, is this a thing? Like, how many other states yeah. do this? So um, I talked to them and I had forgotten, but they uh, it's um, I think it's 12 states actually have this position that is elected and um it exists in so the position of superintendent exists in all 50 states it's elected in 12 appointed in the remaining 38 um and then the other interesting thing i so i was looking up who's currently elected um and some of the folks are nonpartisan. but i will note according to ballotopedia which is like the election version of wikipedia in every state where it's elected and it's partisan all Republicans hmm. elected. I'm not, not surprising. Sur- yeah. Right. No. And, so, and so I'm thinking if we really I mean, this would take a constitutional amendment to change the the person to an elected official. But I mean, if we're really looking for educational change and making sure that, you know, that board and the, you know, the higher ups aren't controlled by teacher unions or, you know, the, that it's the people that get to choose our educational future. I'm not opposed to that idea. If I were driving a car right now with what you just said about having an elected um, head of education, I'd be, Hannah's right, (laughs) I'd be looking at my radio and probably turning it up going, did you just hear what Stephanie Bell and Wake Up Mid-Missouri said? And then I would be going into work and then I would ask my coworker, man, this Stephanie Bell and Wake Up Mid-Missouri, she talked about, she asked about the possibility of having an elected commissioner of education. I mean, and no offense to our treasurer or auditor but but like i mean but when you're talking about (laughs) but when you're talking about like what shapes the future of your state i mean is it the and you know again we i mean we can kind of joke and i've joked with folks who've held that office before you know i remember when uh our now senator schmidt got first elevated from treasurer to ag and i'm like wow that's an upgrade and you know I, i think they can laugh about it their duties are confined by the constitution but when we're talking about you know what is and in a lot of other states roles like treasurer or auditor or some of these are appointed they're not elected so when we're talking about what the people should really decide and what's going to shape the future of your state education is super important and if you're state treasurer vivek malik or auditor scott fitzpatrick you're probably also looking at your radio right now going did you hear what stephanie bell said so when they go into their offices in jeff city this morning I'm if she calls don't take her call they're doing great work but their uh scope of authority is is confined uh, apparently margie van dieven uh she's chatting report with reporters after the meeting yesterday why she's leaving 
the right time to move on personally and professionally to a new opportunity that I basically have not dis, uh, had not discovered yet. She was on the show a couple of months ago. I can't remember the topic. And I want to mention a story about her real quick because I do think it is worth sharing. And it's a really cool story. We'll do that coming up 835. If you all will remind me about that, I'll even write it down. Set an alarm on your phone. Cool story about Margie Van Dieven, 835. Coming up, we're going to be doing the morning bell business news with a little twist. Well, we already have a lot of bad news for bosses, I think, in just this economy. Thanks, Joe Biden. But another problem bosses are having and how that could affect you. It's coming up five minutes. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rather. Time for the morning bell business news with a little <laughs> twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. Futures are in the red this morning. NASDAQ, um, more than a half a percent down. Dow, just almost a quarter percent down. So uh, not looking good as um, it looks like protests are erupting outside the U.S. Embassy in Lebanon. We've got lots of um, lots of conflicts going on right now, and I think the market's going to reflect that at least this morning. Um, okay, so bosses are not having a good time since... What, what do you say the tragic events of January? Jen, the tragic events of January the 20th of 2021. The guy who talked about unity and all that crap. <laughs> it's not great. But this is a newer problem. Um, and maybe since COVID, maybe to, maybe as a result of uh, Gen Z. Oh, um, there it is. <laughs> there it is. You're the worst is what this Stephanie, article says. Stephanie can't talk about workforce issues without talking smack on my generation. It's, but she's going to prove, she's going to back up what she has to say with facts. It's definitely you. Um, more <laughs> workers... Bosses have a new problem, says the Wall Street Journal. People are actually using their sick days. And so it used to be... Well, no, that's not a problem. It is because when no. I mean, you know this, and it's kind of like the napping thing. Like you used to, you know, older generations like, I don't need a nap. I, I never need a nap. And it used to be kind of a badge of honor. I don't need to use my sick days. I never miss work. I'm, you know, and... Like we just heard from Hannah, her generation has no problem calling in and being like, well, these are mine and I'm going to call out mm -hmm. for whatever. And not only are they calling out for being seriously sick, they're calling out for things like mental health, which I support, but saying, hey, I just need a day yeah. to myself. Um, and so it's really affecting folks. Um, the Detroit car maker, which one is this? Uh, anyway, a Detroit United from United Auto Workers said they lost 10.9% of their hourly worker time in 2022 because of unplanned absenteeism, 10% of your hourly work. And so, I mean, employers offer these benefits, but I think at some point they're thinking, well, hopefully you don't need all your sick days and they're there if you have, you know, something really sure. significant, but they're not just expecting you to be like, oh, I woke up and don't feel like coming in today. And it's really affecting folks. And they're saying, you know, we're having to overstaff because so many people are calling in and then it's, you know, raising our prices. So then don't give people sick days to use. You know, I don't mean to sound squishy on this, but because I am from the, like I learned from my dad and grandpa an incredible work ethic and it served me well because I ain't that smart. So I have to work harder. And yeah, I've never, t I've never been for the most part so sick that I can't come in and sit here and BS for a couple of hours. Well, and they say that's another thing is because before you used to just tough it out and you'd come in. I mean, I know I'd come yeah. to work and I'd be hacking and coughing and sniffling and whatever, but now you can't really do that because yeah. of COVID because you'll get the yeah. side eye from all it. Good so point. people are staying home when they've even just got the sniffles. Well, and because we have a friend from Australia in town, uh, last night, we were actually talking about the differences in oh, vacation time. And the, basically, the U.S. 
is way behind other countries when it comes to vacation time and sick time that employees get. What you have a comment loading? What I was going to you... say maybe other countries are behind us. Correct. Yeah. No. If you do, if you if you do business with anyone in Europe or in Australia, the running joke is like they just take like months off at it. Like the yeah. summer for Europe is gone. Australia over the holidays, they're just like off for like a month. I think he said the national standard is six weeks, wow. and then your employer can choose to give you more if they would like to, but they're required to give you. It was either four or six weeks. How do you get anything done? Well, and then I look at domestic gross. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. And the governor person has uh, graciously put out grant opportunities to increase teacher salary. Uh, so starting there, but it's much more than that. It's really working with our teachers and parents together uh, to focus on academics for our students. Margie Van Dieven, uh, Secretary of uh, Education, a couple of months ago on the show, talking about teacher pay announcing and meeting yesterday uh, that uh, she's going to be leaving because just it's time, I think, basically is what she was uh, was saying. Uh, but I wanted to tell you a story before we move on here is Missouri Commissioner of Education, Margie Van Dieven. She says, basically, she says, uh, it's the right time to move on personally and professionally to a new opportunity that I haven't discovered yet. Uh, I know a teacher who works in um, Blair Oaks, I think, elementary school. She has a second part-time job uh, at a, a retailer. And I, I don't remember the exact details of the story, but Margie Van Dieven apparently had recognized this teacher. That The teacher who's working in the store recognizes Margie Van Dieven. And she says, hi, uh, you know, I'm teacher Blair Oaks. And Margie Van Dieven understood what was going on. Here was a teacher having to work a second job. It was a single teacher, by the way, no dependent. She got a kid in college. Maybe that's a dependent. Um, but she said she had a, a and she just bragged uh, about this conversation that the uh, commissioner of education took time out of her evening to sit there and chat with the teacher and hear some of her concerns. And I thought that's just something that is worth, uh, worth passing along. Welcome into the show. Wake up mid-Missouri. There is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Mr. Marsh is here. There's producer Hannah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My name is Marsh. A little quiet this morning. A little shy, a little under the weather. My name is Brandon Rather. Coming up before, uh, I love this one. Sorry, Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh, I love it whenever the uh, Medicare nerd, Wendy Sprouse, comes in. I don't know if you know the story of Wendy Sprouse. Uh, but she has a, a, a chicken farm. and uh, or Is that what it's called? Probably not. Ch- chicken ranch. Chicken ranch, that's what it's called. She's got a chicken ranch. I like the, dip chicken and ranch. That's what I was going to say. Isn't the name of a sandwich? <laughs> chicken ranch. And uh, and she, uh, and for years, I think even before we met her, before we got to know her, she, like, the, and, she, and I've seen it before, she's got this little transistor radio, been sitting on this chicken ranch for years, and for years the chickens have been listening to Wake Up Mid-Missourian. So anyhow, changes to Medicare, what you need to know, things like that. And they all have right wings. Oh, that was good. Coming up on Friday at 835 when we do winners and losers right before we do the big homecoming weekend. Stephanie Bell and I are going to be emceeing the parade from downtown. Please come by and say hello. I think we'll be set up. We're usually set up like right by City Hall, I believe. Yeah, we're out there early. They tell us we got to get there early. So if you're there early to get your spot, uh, there's plenty of time to swing by and say hi. Was it last year? Of course, we're there early. And this wasn't something we just noticed once or noticed (laughs) twice. It was a constant. (sighs) Smelled like the rope factory caught on fire. 
Smelt like the hemp rope factory caught on fire. And this was prior to rec cannabis being legalized. <laughs> you guys came yeah. in that following Monday and you're like, I cannot believe it. I was like, you're on a college campus in downtown Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that on homecoming, no less. Exactly. Oh, you mean there are a bunch of people gathered in a college, very liberal, hippie college town and we smelled marijuana it was just weird because that's that's great and by the way it is against part of cannabis being the recreational stuff being legal you cannot smoke it out in open public that oh is, yeah that's gonna stop people right uh but it that is against the law and i think a lot of people oh it's legal and they'll smoke and you can't drive with smoke it, it on your float right <laughs> yeah my my mom and i were recently shopping in the st louis area and every time she catches a whiff, she always has to say something. And I always get nervous that someone's going to hear her and take it the wrong way. And, you know, people are crazy. So I'm always like, Mom, yes, I smell it. Like, shh, just we know. move on. <laughs> We're aware. And then there's going to be a day, uh, maybe not in my generation, but there's going to be a day when people okay. will be like, they don't care. Because it's legal. Or maybe we'll just get to a point where people will just move on to gummies and realize, like, that's it. <laughs> so that's the moral of the story. If you're gonna, if you're gonna imbibe tomorrow or Saturday morning at eight a.m., Brandon and Stephanie would prefer you do the edibles as opposed to smoke it. <laughs> well, I've seen TikToks of teachers saying that kids are coming to school. Oh yeah. gosh! And you know, it. There's always been the kid that shows up smelling like cigarettes. Yeah. But now you're getting little yep. kids showing up smelling like they just, you know, lit up in the car on their way into school. Yeah, and and I wonder... Um, Boy, Brandon, I'm sure glad that never happened in our era. I had a principal, Mr. Katz, Center for Management, Law, and Public Policies, very small magnet school, and walked in through the front door every morning, and I was blazed, obviously blazed. With the bus driver. With the bus driver, Cat, because we'd get high I was going to say, is this a different cat? The principal is Mr. Katz. Mr. Katz, uh, who had been in World War II and had a, 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 a his arm. He had been injured in World War II. And would come through the hallways there. And we went, by the way, 1985 through 1988, up until the year that I did not go back to school. Uh, we went through metal detectors because the school was on the edge of that. We had an armed security guard in 1985, and we had to go through metal detectors every morning. Anyhow, and Mr. Katz would stand there, and he would greet each and every student, and he would look at me every morning, and he would just <laughs> shake his head, man. They should have had more than metal detectors, apparently. <laughs> should have put your bag in a scanner or something. And while we're talking about smoking, and I hope I don't mean to sound cranky, uh, and I don't want to uh, offend smokers in the audience, and probably most smokers are polite. But, man, I wish they'd quit smoking in front of businesses. I don't want to walk in somewhere smelling like cigarette smoke. I really don't. I don't like the smell. And I used to smoke. I quit in my early 20s. I used to smoke cigarettes, too. I don't know where you're hanging out. I don't, I don't well, see I'm a just, lot of these people. So I went into a restaurant uh, yesterday, and there's people right outside. So don't smoke. And you're supposed to, I think, be 50 feet away. Uh, and, and maybe if you don't have that self-awareness at the entrance of a business, whether it's it's a grocery store or a restaurant, I would just ask. And maybe I do get a little bit, man, like other that affects other people. And I don't want to be going into the governor's office or going into Stephanie Bell's law firm, uh, Ellinger Bell in downtown Jefferson City. I don't want to go in smelling like cigarette smoke because then they're going to look at me thinking, do you smoke? No, I was just outside. All right. There's, they make pouches for that and stuff. Just like the gummies, right? 
Yeah, chew tobacco. <laughs> don't smoke it in front of a place where other people have to walk in. There you go. Just, and don't spit on your clients as they're coming in the front door. And don't right? bring your spit cup in to places. <laughs> You're cranky this morning. Man, my uh, my dad, right before we were supposed to walk down the aisle on Saturday, he had one of those round tins of icebreaker mints, and he went to put it in his pocket, and he goes, "Oh no, does that look like I've got dip in my pocket?" He's like, "Here." <laughs> Maybe if I put it in my back pocket, it'll look better. And I was like, no, nope. that's worse. <laughs> he was panicking. I was like, what do I do with it? Morning Bell, something we do every morning, 825 Business News. It's really cool because even as a 52-year-old dude who likes to pay attention to that stuff, whenever I hear business news, click. But what we do differently here, it's business news with a twist. Stephanie Bell, it's fascinating. It's just like right-hand turns in business news. Um, but the story this morning, vacation time, things like that. So we got into a discussion about um, uh, generations, and we are getting some um, text about it. And what was the gist of this, this story? Oh, the Wall Street Journal says bosses are in trouble because people are using their, their um, sick days. And whereas, um, you know, in years past, it was kind of a badge of honor not to use your sick days. More and more mm -hmm. people are, are using them. So far this year, 30% of white-collar workers uh, have used take their sick time up from just 21% yeah. in 2019. So people, one employer was saying they lost 10.9% of their worker time in 2022 because of unexcused or unplanned absenteeism. I love this story from Darren it, that, that's quoted in this article. He said he used to muscle through any... <laughs> any illness at one point he was 50 years old he had shattered his ankle he was on painkillers and he fell asleep at his keyboard and the keyboard left indentations on his face <laughs> <laughs> and he said he would do anything basically to show up and then in 2020 he was laid off and that's when he realized these people don't you know really care about me and so he said now he just uses a sick time whenever and doesn't try to power through uh, and here, and uh, one of the texts, listener Sean, people who are abusing sick leave policies are going to ruin it for those who actually uh, need it. But it is really, it's a generational thing. It's Yeah. The, um, well, the pandemic played in a, played a big role in the mindset for a lot of folks on that. Like, like Stephanie said earlier, you know, back in the day you could get it out. Now it's like you come in and people are going, why are you coughing and acting like that? Don't infect the soul. Yeah, the study said that employees between ages 25 and 34 are taking their sick days most often. And I think it's almost an entitlement, right? And that, we kind of heard that from Hannah a little bit like, oh, and you what, know. What, but I mean, what, it's it's a different perspective. Yeah, and when we talk about it, we're not picking on Hannah. Hannah, a <laughs> yeah, lot of times, but, is an exception to but, some of these things that but, we talk about. But I would say, like, uh, when it comes to... And I think it should just be time off. You get time off, you want to use it sick yeah. days, whatever. It should be time off. But I will say this. I cash every single check I get. So why would I not use? If time off is part of my compensation, yeah, I should use every bit of it just like I cash every bit of my check. And I would like to only work eight hours a day, which I've never been able to do. Well, and I, I'm giving Hannah some grief, but I do think my perspective on, you know, time off or time away has changed too through the pandemic. I know like it, it used to be a big thing for kids to show up in their assembly and be like, 100%, I never missed a day ever, you yeah. know, and get that. And they still do that certificate, but um, I, my kids weren't at school yesterday. They were with me because I'm thinking, you know, the time with your family 
yes. sometimes is more important than getting that certificate. And I think so. My my views on perfect attendance have changed quite drastically. My parents used to let me take off school because I always got good grades and stuff. Yeah, you can take the day off. And I'm also a big fan. Like this is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rather. Old servant of leftovers. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, for leftovers this morning, we're chatting with um, Wendy Sprouse. She is the Medicare nerd, and a couple of things that we want to know is, so this is the AEP. What does AEP mean? AEP means annual election period, and this is the time of the year that everybody has the chance to make their changes for January 1st for their Medicare Advantage or their drug plan. So what are some of the big things that we need to that we need to know? Don't wait until December 7th to call me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last day, December 7th. So AEP runs October 15th to December 7th. So people need to just like I say check their drugs. Maybe they got new drugs last year, this year. Um, they need to check and make sure that those drugs are still going to be on their either their drug plan, their standalone drug plan, if they have a supplement, or on their Medicare Advantage plan moving forward for January. I feel like healthcare is kind of like the area of tax. Like every year I think, oh, my taxes are going to be the same. It's just like, you know, and inevitably either the government's changed something or I've changed something and, you know, I have to make some tweaks here or there. So that's what you're saying is, you know, even if I feel like, eh, my life is pretty much the same, I probably still want to check in and make sure I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely. And it's like, so we've already gotten the notification that Part B is going to go up next year by about nine dollars and some change so their part b premium they're going to notice in january that their part b premium instead of 164.90 is going to be i think it's 174.10 for next year mm-hmm. and yeah what'd you say the last day is december 7th so october 15th to december 7th so we're in the thick of it so i'm a procrastinator but yeah get and also i mean that's right in the time of the holidays so it's like get in there before thanksgiving even don't stress yourself out correct because after thanksgiving there's only about a week and you know a week week and a half left and that's kind of like uh because and i hate to admit this don't we kind of like after we get to thanksgiving don't we kind of we've checked out until january a lot of people do. <laughs> is it, or is Some it of just us me? can't. <laughs> I, I, I used to, but now I can't because that week between Thanksgiving and December 7th um, inevitably becomes my busiest week of the year for me. But I think in particular, I mean, you bring up a good point, Brandon. If I'm trying to, you know, talk to you, if I'm trying to talk to someone in the government, if I'm trying to call my financial person or whatever, a lot of people are on holidays around that. So if you wait, you might not always be able to get a hold of the right people to get your own stuff done. If you call 573-292-NERD-6373, you will get my cell phone that I carry in my back pocket. Wendy Sprouse, Medicare nerd, hanging out with us here on the uh, the show. You've been got so you've got uh some stuff uh and this started as a joke here kind of with where we sit right now on this show regarding the medicare nerd uh but now like you got it trademarked and everything yeah i kind of what happened is nick he kind of was teasing me about you know just being the medicare nerd kind of geeking out about just talking about medicare because all i did was talk about it nick is a sales guy that works here at zimmer who handles uh Wendy Cor- correct who who got me on the show with you and all that so yeah he was teasing me he goes you got to full-on embrace it and so i kind of have and it's more and it's i'm not saying you know because there's lines you can't cross but i'm not trying you know, when we started using the word nerd it wasn't as an ex 
expert or anything like that. It was just because I'd love to talk about Medicare. I love to help people with Medicare. That's really in the insurance industry where my passion lies is with the Medicare. And if you were, and no kidding, so if you do like Wendy Sprouse, Medicare nerd, like it's a real thing. And it started on the show. I just wanted to mention that real quick because that is the power of advertising on local radio. That's what it's done for this young lady sitting with us this morning. Uh, it's a powerful thing. Um, and if you have questions, 292-NERD, 573-292-NERD. And the cool thing is, how much do you charge to answer questions about this? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Most common question you get, one or two most common questions that we might be able to cover here in the last... Late, uh, lately, the most common questions I've been getting are... Uh, baby boomers are continuing to work past 65 so when they continue to work there's this misconception that if they don't sign up for part b when there's turn 65 that they're going to get penalized that is absolutely false if you are continuing to work past 65 and you have credible coverage health insurance coverage you can continue that and not have to sign up for part b until the time that you quit your job retire whatever and need to go on to medicare so big takeaway it sounds like uh the deadline december 7th correct um call now or see, get on, you have a website. WendySprouseAgency.com. WendySprouseAgency.com. Or 573-292-6373. 573-292-NERD. And by the way, how are the chickens? Got to ask that. So the story, if you're not familiar with Wendy Sprouse over the years, with what she has done, 